0: The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company located at 609 South Main Street right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always shampoo and conditioners are two for twenty dollars and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405 269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today Welcome into the Folks Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy and joined by special guest, Oklahoma State point guard John Michael Wright. How are you?
1: Doing pretty good, bro. How you doing?
0: Yeah, man, making it through. Um, saw so you getting some shots up when I uh, when I showed up. What's, uh, what, what's a, an off-season workout
1: like today look like for you? Um, just just getting some shots up like you saw. Uh, a couple dribble moves, a couple shots um, off the move, off-ball shots, just practicing the type of shots I get in the game or I, that I got in the game last year. Um, when we were playing, just fine tuning everything and you know, just trying to keep my keep my stroke right. As as we come walking in, man, we're hearing swishes, not hearing a lot of clanging. Was it a good good session? Yeah, yeah, it was a real good session. Um I mean, you know, I, I missed a couple shots too, you know what I'm saying? But that's part of the yeah, that's part workout. Of but you know, I I, I wanted to I wanna make sure I get my strike right. Um, I shot okay this past season, but you know I want it to be better. You can always improve, so yeah, no doubt. Um, that's just something I've been working on, and yeah, I, I shot it pretty good today, though. Coach is able to be out there.
2: you kind of take us maybe through when in the off season now. I mean, and whenever we say off season, it's like two weeks, <laughs> two weeks out, three weeks out from the end of the season. What can coaches do with you, and what what can't they, and what does that look like? You know, this time of year for basketball players
1: yeah well so this is my first off season here but um in college like previously in college this is just a college rule but you get four hours a week um on court and in the weight room so coaches can have all the players an hour a day uh on the court and an hour a day in the weight room and they can't exceed past those hours and normally it goes monday through uh thursday and then they we get friday saturday and sunday off, and we get back to it on monday but that, that's pretty much the schedule has been this past week, and it'll probably be like that for the rest of uh, spring. So going
0: going throughout, m- most basketball players, it's going to be fairly similar in terms of schedule. As soon as the season's over for you, you know, what's that next couple of weeks? And obviously you had a big decision to make after the season, whether or not you were going to come back. You know, what, what goes into that time off before, you know, trying to get back into it?
1: Well, the first thing is rest. You know, having a long, grindy season with the uh, OSU, you know, you, your body takes a toll. Um, any college basketball player's body taking a toll from November, not even November, October, all the way until March. So just getting the first week, week and a half off, just giving your body time to rest uh, is a real important thing. And that's what I did. You know, I, I took some time off. So you can imagine my first day back, I was a little fatigued and mm-hmm. body hurting a little bit. But, yeah, off season, that's just that's that's the most important start It's just getting to rest. And then you get back into your routine that you had that was similar to the one when you were in season it's just not as much uh not as much reps or time in the gym Mm -hmm. as we did uh when we were in full uh, season but you know the process still stays the same Uh, it's no big drastic difference just get a lot of individual workouts in with your coaches and you got a lot of free time to work out Mm -hmm. you know managers are here to help you catch and shoot so that, that's pretty much it.
0: Every program has good basketball players. I mean, there's there's bad teams, but there's always going to be a handful of really good basketball players, you know, at every level. So I'm not asking you the talent level difference between Oklahoma State and High Point. And I know we've talked about this throughout the season. You talk about physicality and the grind. What is how different is the grind and the physicality level between High Point and Oklahoma State playing in the Big Twelve?
1: Man, it's I'm sure there's similarities, but yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, Division one basketball, is, it's going to be a lot of similarities. i say the biggest thing is, you know, just like you said, the physicality of certain, like the bigs, for example, you know, they're they the biggest standouts to me. I can't imagine there's too many mooses Yeah, no, I, I didn't see a moose <laughs> when I was at High Point, you know, so when I got here, I was just, I was in shock yeah. seeing a guy seven foot that can move like that, and that was able to defend like that, and even offensively, how he was able to move, so I would say that's the biggest difference, just with bigs like that, that can guard on the perimeter, and Aren't really a liability anywhere on the court, and you know they just take up so much space. And when you get in the paint, they're just you know high and long, and they can jump. And you know that's something you don't typically see uh, in conference play in a low major uh, mm-hmm. conferences in college basketball. So I think that's the biggest thing. But you know, obviously there are guys like you know guys like Grady Dick from Kansas. You know, a six nine you know wing that can shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not too many of those. It's uh,
0: declaring for the NBA as a freshman. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so
1: those type of guys, you know, there are unicorns all out there that that we played against this year and that's something I didn't see at high point but you know, it's pretty prominent at this level in the Big 12 or just
0: Power 5 basketball. So does that players like that, does that play into a decision to try to come back? And and we'll we'll dive into your your whole process with that, but going up against guys like that that make you better night in and night out is that something like okay, I can, I can improve upon this, I can improve upon this going up against guys like this rather than try my hand in the G League or overseas or anything else like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that definitely helps play a factor. You know, just the talent level every game that we play is, is big. And mm-hmm. to be able to go against future NBA talent while still being in a college setting, um, especially at a school that you know wants you to be here, is, is a great thing to have as a player in college basketball because you, know, you have an opportunity to learn, you have a safety net with a school, you, know, you can still get your education, and still, uh, you know, try and reach your goals with the team, and you have a coaching staff that's supporting you, while still, you know, getting the exposure in front of NBA teams because they're coming to watch these guys, and you know, they could be coming to watch some players on your team as well. They could be coming to watch you, you know, just at this level. That's it's just that's all over the place, and having an opportunity to stay in an environment like this, is, yeah, that that's a big factor. You know, I, that played a big role. Do you think that? this time, like making
2: that decision and announcement right now, does that play into you guys are going to need to fill in with some other transfers. Does that help Coach Boynton and, and the staff go tell other players, hey, come play with John Michael Wright, come play with Bryce, whoever else yeah. is going to. Like they're
0: not trying
1: to figure out a roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it does. You know, them as coaches, you know, they have they have to do a job as well of recruiting and, you know, having players that they had here, you know, that already know the system. It's probably something that they wish they can keep, you know, so they don't have to you know, just rebrand the whole entire team and have to build from the ground up. Uh, you know, it would be good for them to have players back here that already know that can help future teammates. And so I, I'm sure that that helped them a lot, and they would, felt, you know, glad that I made that announcement. Yeah. yeah and they, they reached out saying they were glad, too. So
2: Yeah. Uh, so what was – okay, you showed up in Stillwater when last, like, August? I came – like late June? Yeah, late June.
1: Early June. It was June 6th I came. Yeah, 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 that's right. All
2: right, that's so right. whenever practices started, you got around all the other teammates, what was your welcome to the Big 12? What was your welcome to the OSU moment? You know, you talk about seeing Musa, and you're like, I've never seen anybody that big move like that. Was there a certain practice that either you threw an alley-oop up there and all of a sudden I didn't think that guy could go get that or, or, or Musa put it off the rafters? You know. it, was, it was a couple things
1: that happened. I say the first thing, it wasn't official practice. I got here, it was me, Moose, and Tyreek. We went and played one on one, in the in the back gym, and I see this seven foot guy just on the perimeter doing jab, step, crossover, behind the back step back threes, and he was making them. I was like, whoa, like where did that come from? Who is this guy? You know, and then Tyreek was doing his thing as well. well clearly
2: you didn't watch Moose's Instagram then because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was three minutes of him up and down just two and threes. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't <laughs> no, see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then like in practice I tried to dunk on him and he just Swatted it out, and I, I never tried it again because I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get this guy.
2: Is it pretty fun to throw an alley-oop up to a guy who can get that high? I mean, you're almost put, you're putting it out of reach for even the defender, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden this dude goes above
1: and beyond everybody to get it in. Yeah, it is pretty fun because, you, you know, it, it's like a it's kind of like an insurance plan. You know, if you throw it up there, like, he's going to find a way to catch it and put it in there. You know, even if you throw a bad pass, he'll still catch it and put it in there. And now you get an assist instead of a turnover. You know, so it's just – Having an athlete like that on your team, and and even not even on the offensive side, just the defensive side, you know the ground he makes up just with his ability to move and be agile and jump high, is, is you know second to none. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't just. It's it's a great thing to have on your team, and I wouldn't like to play against it. You know. How how do you adjust your
0: game for that? Like how how does Musa having a seven footer or even Tyreek? I mean Tyreek may be the best athlete on the on the team. You know he's six seven, six eight, six nine. How do athletes like that make your game better?
1: Uh, well, they teach you how to, you know, weed around, you know, their their strengths as far as you know their athleticism. Because there are a lot of guys that can jump like them. And so, you know, that when you go in practice, you play against. Them, you got to learn how to pump fake and go off two feet. You know, try and, and trick them mm-hmm. out of what they do best. You know, which is block shots in the fans. So you try you try and find like uh, little little things to tweak about your game that allow you to play against guys that are at that ability and, you know, it helps in the game.
0: Everyone has to make their own decision. I know you made yours and, you know, Caleb and Avery are, make, you know, they've graduated and they're going their own separate ways to do their, the best thing for them. But how, how instrumental would it be for this team to get a guy like Musa or Tyreek? I think Tyreek still has two years of eligibility. How, how important is it to get guys like that back if, you know, when they make their decision?
1: Yeah, I think it's the most important thing because, you know, those two guys are, are the backbone of our defense right now. And, uh, you know, losing Avery and Caleb Boone. Avery was a great on-ball defender, and KB was a good defender as well. So, you know, just having Tyreek and Musa being able to have the ability to come back and it, it would be great for our team because it would give the coaches, uh, you know, some comfort on the defensive end because those guys played a big part on defense. And for me as a as a, their teammate, you know, I would want to have the previous bigs back that I played with because you know we already got some chemistry and rapport, mm-hmm. and I know how those guys play. They know how I play, so. It it will be a great thing for the team to get them back.
0: You guys, do you tr- do you guys try to try to poke and prod a little bit and say, hey, this is what we could do next year. Look at how close we got. If Avery didn't miss X amount of games, we're probably in. You know, is, does that kind of go into it, or is is college basketball because obviously recruiting is way different now with NIL and, yeah. and all that? Does does that play into it as well as these guys are going to make their own decision or? Can there be some, you know, swaying from the inside? Is there some internal recruiting going on? Yeah,
1: and does it work? Mm. I mean, obviously, yeah, we we talk about things like that, but we try and give guys space to make their own decision because, you know, they're the ones that have to be in the situation. And, you know, if someone isn't happy or if someone is happy, it's it's on them to ultimately make that decision. And, you know, we, we tell them, like, yo, you know, we have fun playing with you. Like, we can keep doing it, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's ultimately their decision, and we support them no matter what they do. just like like Avery and Caleb you know we support them as well
2: even probably back to like you know you're when you came from high school to college is it was a different environment year to year than it is now Mm -hmm. is it kind of a weird feeling to to know I mean with the transfer portal you kind of don't know what's going to be who's going to be back and your hope that you know used to it was you sign up and it's hey that's four years you know or five years whatever and now it's Almost a year-to-year deal. Well, I mean, you look at you look at this year's roster,
0: and if everything stays the exact same th- way right now, with with Keon announcing last night, everyone else comes back with a five incoming freshman. There's one spot left, and that's if the, the coaching staff doesn't take that extra scholarship for the NCAA sanction. So, you guys could have virtually the exact same team. Obviously, there's going to be five new freshmen, or you're going to have five new freshmen, and there's going to be two or three or four different other players. I mean, that's that's just so insane. And yeah. that's more different than it was last year.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the portal has made it, you know. It's, it's kind of it's even the playing field with players and coaches, but it could be good and bad. It just depends on the situation. Um, for us, you know, potentially we could be looking at a whole new team. Um, and, you know, that's what the summers are for. That's why we come here so early and we stay throughout the summer to keep, you know, build that team chemistry. But like you said, coming out of high school, it was it was a whole different ball game. Like twenty nineteen, when I graduated, I, d- I never expected to transfer because nobody really talked about it. Because you had to sit out a year, you know. Now that you don't have to sit out, guys could just come and go mm-hmm. um, and go into new new uh, systems. But you know, even with like the NIL and all that, it's just, it's part of the game now. You know, just guys can transfer, go get deals for their for their worth, and you know, it's it's something that I think college basketball just has to keep getting adjusted to because I don't think it'll change anytime soon.
2: All right, so talking about going from from Fayetteville, North Carolina to High Point. What was that recruiting process like? What was the senior year like? Tell us about kind of how how going from high school to college went
1: for you. Man, it 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 was rocky. You know, I didn't really have a lot of scholarships until maybe March of my senior year's when I had solidified myself with options to go to college. Um I got my first Division 1 offer my ninth grade year, and it was to Marshall University, yep. and I didn't get another scholarship until January, I think it was the end of January, my senior year of high school, and that was high point, Coach Tubby Smith came to a game, and uh, we had a good game, it was against our rival school, and it was a big game, we won, and he told me after the game, yeah, I'd love for you to come to my school, but he didn't say anything about scholarship, so I didn't really think nothing of it, and then he texted me the next day, oh yeah, I'm gonna tell you, like, you got a scholarship to the school. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah by the I mean, way, if yeah. you committed last night as a walk-on,
2: okay. Here's, here's but, the most know. important thing. Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, but that's interesting, though, because I'm, and I'll let you get back to it, but a high point, you know, a lot of people would go, I'm sorry, high High yeah, point? Where Toby Smith's a big name in college mm-hmm. basketball. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't have known that he was there at that time, but that's a big name coming to a basketball game.
1: Yeah, and at the time, I I didn't know who he was. My coach was so excited. My mom, my dad was like, Tubby Smith came and talked to you, and I was like, "You are like who's Tubby Smith? Oh, <laughs> you <A> d- <a laughs> doing that guy? Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> what's his real name? You know, what I am saying that's what I am thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so I looked him up, and I, I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's won national championship, Coast at Kentucky. This is a real dude, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, you know, I kept in contact with them, and then I uh, got off from Arkansas State, uh, Hampton University offered me, and then University of Maryland, Baltimore County, which was my second option, uh, with Coach Ryan Odom, who's uh, now at VCU. Uh, great guy, great coach, we had a great relationship, um, so it was between those two, and, you know, I just waited out, High Point was there, they was giving me, you know, a lot of love, Coach Smith was telling me I'll have an opportunity to play right away, and, you know, I went, the campus is amazing, I went and visited, and I just fell in love with the campus and the coaching staff, and that's how I ultimately made my decision, was to go there, and, yeah, it they were, they were a great staff, and my family trusted them at the time, and I trusted them at the time, and you know, they they took care of me when I got there.
2: When, so when you're in ninth grade, Marshall calls. Marshall comes to a game, or however it is, they saw
1: you first, and they all offer a scholarship. Did you even know what that meant at the time? I mean, I did. I did know it because I had a couple of teammates who were blowing up at the time, and they were getting scholarships. So they were telling me about how the process goes and what they say. So the Marshall coach came to my stepdad, who who was my coach at the time, and told him, you know, be like your son. We want to offer him a scholarship, and they told me. And I just, I was just so hyped, so ecstatic.
0: You start uh, wearing green everywhere. I did. <laughs> I actually did. Yeah, I started wearing
1: green. I started looking at Marshall football. <laughs> yeah, the school, all that. He's walking around going, "We are." Yeah. <laughs> <Anybody>? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Nah. <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was Huntington, Huntington uh, West Virginia. huh. Yeah. So you know, I actually went down there a couple times too. I had a friend that lived out there. So yeah, you I started you were going camping. to Marshall. Huh? I did at yeah. the time, yeah, because and I it was my only scholarship. So I was yeah. like, well, I guess I'll go to Marshall. But the thing about Marshall was. Once they offered me my ninth grade year, I never heard from them again. So me going into my senior year is going, is getting close to the commitment deadline. I'm like, man, what am I gonna do? And then that's when you know High Point reached out, and I started to get a little
2: more. So I'm guessing the, uh, I'm guessing the recruiting was a little different once you announced you're gonna transfer from High Point.
1: Man, did you start hearing hearing from other people? It was did like Marshall night, call you back. It was like <laughs> night and day, bro. Nah, they ain't call I mean, me back. I would have picked the phone up though, you know. I ain't that type of guy. But.
0: Still got the green in the closet. <laughs> I, I threw it away. <laughs> My closet,
1: closet is orange now. So.
0: When you when you look at you know from high school to college and you start getting those offers, you know how how difficult it difficult is it to try to discern, you know, they're feeding me lines. This is genuine because twenty nineteen that would have been the spring after UMBC upset Virginia, mm-hmm. so I'm like, it, obviously that's something that's big that goes into like how do you how do you try to weed through the BS of okay they really want me I'm gonna go here and I'm gonna set for two or three years before I'm on the court how do you you know that's obviously a difficult decision like how do you come to okay High Point Tubby Smith I'm gonna play it's genuine it's real they want me here like how how do you kind of wade through all that.
1: You just- you really just have to pay attention to, like, what they're exactly saying to you and and how they go about saying it and their actions after they say it. You know, at High Point, they would tell me, yeah, we want you to come here and play right away. And then all of a sudden, Coach would be at my school after I'm done. Like, okay, if he was leading me on, like, he wouldn't be driving two and a half hours just to come see me, say what's up after class, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. And it's always good to have multiple people in your corner. You know, I had a lot of people helping me. Um, my stepdad knew a lot of people that knew coaches that would you know keep it real with them and then they would rely back to me and and tell me the true intentions so I I think it's always good to have more than one person you know working for you well not for you but working with you um throughout that process but you know you just can't you can't just believe everything you can't just let it get to your head you got to appreciate it and actually like sit down and evaluate what's going on and and see who else is out there that they're looking for and the type of player because um, you know coaches know what player types are so if they're recruiting me and they know my game they wouldn't recruit somebody that has the same type of game and if they do then you know it's it's kind of it's not sitting well you know what i'm saying so those are the type of things that i did and my parents had prepared me for when i was uh, picking my school mm-hmm.
2: all right so what was recruitment from coach boynton like whenever what he re- he reached out you know you've i'm guessing guessing by NCAA rules, you'd already you'd already announced that you were going to transfer, and then Oklahoma State, I mean, all your life had been North Carolina, and all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, how do you get to the decision of that? Like, i am is it I've done all I can do at high point, let me try to do something, like, maybe I can better my game somewhere. Like, what goes into transferring?
1: Yeah, so. Because it can't come easy. Yeah, no, it, it was difficult. It was a difficult decision to make. You know, I had so much good, you know, memories at high point and just the school and the coaching staff and the headmaster were great to me. You know, it, it was my family. I never thought I would leave, but you know, I had got to a point where I just felt stagnant, in myself felt like I wasn't, you know, being pushed as hard as I would want to be. And I always wanted to play at a high, high level. And seeing that the transfer portal had came about uh, going into my sophomore year, and then it had been a year in, so now I'm like, okay, this is a real thing. If I want to go somewhere, I, I have the opportunity, and I probably. I'll probably get a good school. So that was, you know, ultimately the, the factors that led to me doing. it. And we played a couple games against some high major schools. And the environment and the talent that I played against, I was like, I want to do this in practice. You know, this is the type of talent I want to go against in practice. and The games, I want the games to look like this mm-hmm. and, and mean this much, you know, to people and to, to the nation, you know, and, and to TV people. Like, these are the big games. And, you know, I had talks with Coach Smith, and he would always tell me about what it's like to be at this level. So when I had thought about going there, you know, he understood. He gave me nothing but love. All uh, The whole school gave me nothing but love and support when I made my decision to transfer. But that was awesome. Uh, I just wanted something that would, you know, just push me, you know, so I can get better. And, you know, I get in the portal and then I hear from Coach Terrence Renter to answer your question. He was the first coach that uh, reached out to me. And, and then Coach sign Coach LB, and I talked to Coach Mike. And, you know, they were telling me it's an opportunity here for me to come in. And be a part of the Cowboys, and you know it. It was funny because at that time, like I had, I didn't really think about OSU. But Mm -hmm. um, when I was growing up, I used to play with them, and I'm sure you guys heard the story. Play with them with the video game, and Mm -hmm. you know. So when they reached out, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Oklahoma (laughs) State. That's the school I wanted to go to." So when I went in, I wasn't really expecting to go to Oklahoma State. I just wanted to see who was gonna call me. You know, I didn't know who was gonna call, but once they called and and. I got to know the coaching staff. I was like, these guys seem like real good people, real genuine people. And I came up here, and I saw how they carried themselves together and how it was just nothing but love. And the players, I talked to the players on my visit. They were saying it's nothing but love. And, you know, I just, I felt like it would be, I felt like how I felt when I chose high point out of high school. And that's when I felt like it was right for me to be here. Yeah. So uh, I remember playing that game back in back in college, back in
2: high school. Walking into Gallagher-Iba versus it being on the game, the graphics were a little different versus live. What was coming in here and, and seeing – I mean, it, that's a tall building in there. Mm-hmm. Well, seeing that in person. And
0: it's the exact same court that they used when they first opened. It's not like the same type of – it is the same The same
1: wood, yeah. That yeah.
0: they've used for over 100 years. So. so
1: so when I when I was playing the game at OSU, it was it was actually the football game when they had oh, the old okay. football stadium. But I I did um, play the college okay, so, game too. Yeah, so, so
0: walking into Boone Pickens Stadium, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> little, it looked a little different <laughs> yeah, too. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: like on that game, they just had the the two half and halves before they put the middle part. In. Yep. When I got here and I see the middle part and everything, I'm like, yeah, this is this is tough, you know. So when you not not
0: that the fan base wasn't excited for John Michael Wright out of High Point, but I would imagine, you know, when you talk about like the new defensive coordinator coming from Gannon University, what the hell is Gannon University? Was there kind of a chip? Like, listen, I'm a good basketball player, you know. Just because I'm from High Point, not that you've ever heard of it, we know basketball. We can we're good basketball players. Was there? I'm coming in. I'm going to prove something because you know I'm not just some guy that Oklahoma State found off the street.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, You know, obviously, when you go into a new environment, there's going to be people who who doubt they haven't seen anything um all they know is you know film and you know they understand it's a different level of basketball so and i knew that so coming in i knew i'm going to be playing against the top guys in the country so i got to make sure i'm on my a game i didn't really pay too much attention to like the the critics or like the outside people i really just wanted to prove to the coaching staff that i could i belong here and to my teammates that i belong here those guys those are the main people that i wanted to show like yeah you can count on me in the game, you know, so I didn't really, I didn't really care. Like, I'm not the type of guy that really feeds off or or gets into, you know, what fans say good or bad. You know, I appreciate all the good stuff. But if they say something bad, it's okay. Like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'll I'll try and make my next shot, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I, you know, but it was just proving to them that, you know, they can count on me, you know, in certain situations. That was my main priority when I got here in the summer.
0: New roster for you, um, it didn't look all that different than it did the year before. Obviously, you, C5, and, and Keon, So it wasn't this drastically different offense uh, or, or defense, but, you know, BT was another year in the system. Tyreek was another year in the system. So at what point did you guys finally start to click? Because obviously you, you practice throughout the summer somewhat, kind of doing, you know, just some drill work and shooting drills and stuff like that. But at what point did you guys say, Okay, this is this is going to work. We're, you know, we're we're a cohesive unit. There's no one sticking out. There's no animosity because I came in trying to take your job or anything like that. When did you guys feel like a team?
1: I think once we started playing pickup uh, over and over, we got we started building some chemistry, seeing how guys actually play, and just competing back and forth. You know, the one on ones or like just the battles in the five on five. You know, just seeing guys that can actually play, um, and then. You know, switching teams, up, just feeding off of each other, seeing it all still works the same. I think that's when we knew, like, okay, we can we can do this as a team. There's no odd man out. Uh, there's no one trying to steal this or steal that. We all just want to work together and win. I, I would say it would probably be in the middle of July, okay. in the summer, when we realized that, or when I realized that um, that we would that you know we can we can do this as a team. How much is it
0: on the court versus off the court? Like, do you? Do you get more cohesive as a unit doing pickup and doing one-on-one, or is it, you know, playing video games, hanging out, going out to eat, you know, like, is, or is it, you know, you have to have a little bit of both?
1: Yeah, I, I think it all gels together. You can't have one without the other. Um, just spending time with somebody, you know, throughout the day, you know, working with them and then just still being with them after practice, you know, you just you build that type of chemistry where it's, it's I, got, I, got, I got your back mentality in. You know that carries on in the game. You know if somebody's down or if somebody it needs to be picked up. Um, you know you you still have that mentality. You know so I think playing games off the court. You know just hanging out, going out to eat, like you said, it all plays a part when you get on the court because you know you know you still have to do this together. Like off the court, we're together. On the court, we're together, and that's how it has to be. Who'd you who'd
0: play. you gravitate towards the first like the most? Like week uh, one, were you like? This dude's real cool. I got to I gotta hang out with him.
1: I mean, yeah, my roommate, Q, yeah, yeah. he was my roommate, so he was the one I had seen the most at first. So, man, he was kicking it. But, you know, I, me and Musa, I started hanging out with Musa a lot. Me and him, we had a pretty good relationship. Man. And But just, you know, as the year went on, like everybody, you know, Chris Harris, you know, Caleb Asbury, Caleb Boone, you know, I just I started kicking it with everybody. But I would say Q was the first person I really got cool, cool with, and then it was, it was probably Musa. Is,
0: is Q as – High energy, high level as you guys kind of make him out to be in the media. Oh man, or?
1: yeah, that dude, yeah, <laughs> QB all over the place. Now he he, he cool people. He's funny, he a funny dude. He always yeah. got a smile on his yeah. face. You know, it's, it's no dead moment with him.
2: You know? What do you see out of his game? Like, I mean, he's only a true freshman. What do you see
1: the future of his game looking like? I, to me, I feel like he can play like how Keontae Johnson played for Kansas State. I think he has that type of talent. You know, if you if you just see him in practice the stuff, he does. Uh, you would be like man who is this guy you know mm-hmm. you know the game comes on you know freshman year you know certain things happen you know my race you know so but towards the end of the year he was he was playing real good like you know he had been here you know what i'm saying so i i could see his game being like uh Johnson. Johnson's from well and how how
0: beneficial is it cuz there's like like you said there you're a freshman like every kid at this level was the best at their school, in their area, their region, their conference, whatever, and all of a sudden you're coming in and you're playing up against grown men, guys that, you know, you're 17, 18 years old and you're going up against guys 21, 22, 23 that have been through it. So there's got to be doubt, right? You know, how – how I don't want to say difficult, but are there challenges of trying to keep him level, saying, hey, listen, I know you were really good in high school, but I went through this. I was good in high school. I went to college. It's totally different. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have troubles. You will get through it. Everything will be okay. Like, is that – does it help try to get guys through that moment knowing that you've been through it? Or is it they're just going to have to try to figure it out because they, you know, they're going through their own thing?
1: Nah, I think it helps to when you – because you've been through it. Like you said, you have that experience. And I don't I don't think it's a player that's in college basketball that hasn't had a down moment their freshman year. So, you know, whenever Q is in a game or in practice and something goes bad, like, we always try and, you know, tell him to pick his head up, like, it's, it's going to be okay because he's hard on himself. Because, you know, he wants to win. He works hard. He's dedicated to the sport. And, you know, but, you know, not even freshman. You sophomore, junior. You know, me, I was a senior. I had my down moments, mm-hmm. too, and we all just continue to pick each other up. So I think that's an important important thing to have in a team. You know, you, you need to be able to pick each other up. Because everybody gets down at some point. You just can't let it, you know, feed into your mind and start making you doubt your play. Yeah.
0: When you look at your, your situation, I think it was – two or three games in Big 12 is, you know, you start to struggle a little bit, Q trying to figure it out. When you talk about, you know, comfortability going down the stretch and, and getting comfortable with the coaching staff and the environment and the situation, how how key is that going into year two for both of you guys?
1: Yeah, I think it's real key. We have a coaching staff that, you know, teaches you to believe in yourself. And throughout those games we all uh, struggled. You know, we Coach Mike and the whole coaching staff was still preached like, Hey, you can do this. We've seen you make shots. We've seen you make plays. We've seen you play good defense. We just—you can do it. Just keep on, keep on pressing. And now having a year under our belts, I think year two it would make things a lot, a lot easier as far as you know, just knowing what's going on in the game and what coaches expect. Because you know, when you know what your coach expects, you know you're able to uh, play out the game plan a lot easier, a lot smoother. Instead of just having your mind race trying to figure out what exactly he wants us to do. And I, I think that will play a big part for both of us.
0: Did you ever anticipate going into Allen Fieldhouse and dropping 19 in the first Big 12 game of the season?
1: I, I can't say no because, you know, <laughs> everybody imagines themselves playing good against yeah. the top guys. So I've had moments where I you know, imagine shots going in against the, the top teams mm-hmm. in the country. But the way the way I did it at Kansas, I didn't see it exactly like that. But, you know, just even though I had a good game, I was still mad because it was two shots that I missed that could have sealed the deal and we would have won the game. And, those are the ones that I really wish would have went in because, mm. you know, that would have really gave us some momentum at the beginning of the conference play. But I, I enjoyed that experience. It was the loudest gym i ever been in. It was sold out, packed, and it was crazy. It was, it was like a movie.
2: Well, that's the that's the experience that you transferred for. Yeah, was, exactly. Yeah. Was that. What other What other environments did you have this year that were like, yeah, this is why This is why I'm here? I'm sure there were some here. Yeah, you know, yeah, here for sure. Some on the road. I was, wasn't
0: there, but it seemed like Manhattan was pretty nuts.
1: It was. Yeah, it was tough because that was my first time in New York, too. So, you know, just being in the big city and playing at the Brooklyn Day Stadium, it, it was live. And, you know, when we played, uh, I like when we play Iowa State at Iowa State um, because it was real hostile. You know, people were talking crazy. Their team was talking crazy.
0: Those Midwesterners, man, they'll get after they you. They got yeah, nothing else, else to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, they was tripping out there, like <laughs> for real. So when we got that win and won, it was just. It was a great feeling, you know. Those those are type of environments I like. And when we played Texas Tech, the last game. That was that was a good environment too.
2: Well, how, and that was cool because it was a must win. I mean, for absolutely. us, it was a must win. Yeah, you yeah. want
0: to you want to make it. Yeah, how how quickly do you learn the regional and conference animosities? Because obviously, coming in, it's going to be bedlam, right? Mm-hmm. But outside of OU, and honestly, I I don't know. It, it might be more Texas Tech hates Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. It like that might be more
1: hostile mm-hmm. than going down to Norman,
0: going down to Lubbock. Those people are nuts.
1: Yeah, they they was nothing. I don't know. I I didn't expect that honestly, but mm-hmm. everybody was telling me, "Yo, go play at Tech. It's, it's gonna be crazy." Like they they sell out all their games too. And so we get there, and I just see people mean mugging us, you know, in the stand. I'm like, "Yo, what we do to this? You know. But to answer your showed question, showed up in orange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess they don't like orange or something. But um, yeah. I learned pretty quick, you know, just hearing stories about previous years mm-hmm. from the players here, just saying what what type of environment this is, what type of players this team has. So, you know, you prepare like that, but you know, you don't really know, truly know until you get in the environment. And yeah, what had you heard about Bedlam, and then what was Bedlam like? I, I heard, I just heard it was crazy. Uh, like everybody kept saying we don't like OU. You know, it's, it's smoke with them. Like it's we we don't do OU. We don't do Norman. None of that. So I, I'm coming. I'm like. What's, what's, what's the big problem? Like, what happened? So, I didn't really know too much about the rivalry, but I learned quick. And, you know, just playing against them, uh, you could just tell why, you know, this game meant so much to the fans of Oklahoma State. And it really meant a lot to Caleb Boone. I mean, every time he played them, he just was the man on the court. And, you know, just hearing them in their certain press conferences, too, at the game, just hearing stuff they say, I'm like, okay, I can see why we don't like these people. Now, nah, I really don't like them. <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm part of the rivalry now. I don't like them either. So, but you know it was crazy. It was. I, I think the game was better here than at their arena because you know, their environment wasn't all that you know brutal. But when, when they played us here, you know we showed out. Our fans showed out. You know when when Allen
2: Fieldhouse when Texas Tech when you guys are on the road or when other teams come in here. I guess when when the crowd is real loud, how much does that affect you guys on the court? I mean I know you practice with noise and. But that also gets the heart going a little bit, gets those high-energy guys a little more high energy. How much How much does just hearing that full noise mess with you guys out there?
1: It, it could be real good, but it could really be bad. Uh, I'll give you an example. when We in Allen Fieldhouse, we up by 15, and they make that 10-0 run, mm-hmm. and it gets crazy. You, you know, you, your mind starts to shake a little bit, like, all right, like, how are we going to stop this run? But we need to get down to court. But wait, they're pressing, and it's loud in here, like, What's going on, man? Coach, call timeout. You know what I'm saying? So like, but when it's on your side, um, you know, it gives you a lot of momentum. You know, like you said, it does get the heart racing. It, it gets guys, you know, feeding more into the process of the game, and you know, you get more locked in to what we're doing, and you know, and and if and if it's a hostile environment like the OU game, if they score and we score, like we ready just to to end it all, and and say they do got the ball and the crowd starts booing, you know, that that adds to our fuel too on defense. Uh, and I know when we played at Iowa State. Our defense was so locked in because they crowd was getting loud, and we would just shut it down. When we scored, and and them being silent really locked us in on defense. So it just it just it it goes with the game. It depends on how the game is going with with the crowd.
2: Is it more fun to be playing defense at home when the crowd you know is is sold out as as you saw this year, and it's as loud as can be, or is it more fun to hit a three and hear everybody go crazy?
0: Or would you rather do it on the road
2: and then it goes quiet,
0: like like up in like at Hilton Coliseum <laughs> at Iowa State? Is it yeah.
2: is it better to hit a
0: corner three here or hit a corner three up there? Quiet or loud? I I think it's better
1: to quiet them. <laughs> yeah, yep. know, I'm I'm the type of dude where if somebody talking like I I don't want to hear you talk. So like if 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 we're loo- uh not losing but if if uh, we got the ball and the crowd is loud and we're at a away game and somebody hits a three and then now, now I silent like. Don't say nothing. That that's what I'm talking about. That's where you're supposed to be. Just be quiet. Yeah. You know this is what we do.
2: So atmospheres like Ames. atmospheres like Texas Tech. Completely different atmosphere than what you guys went to at Youngstown, where there's maybe five, six thousand people in the whole place, but you can hear all of them. Mm-hmm. Was that? A, what was that? What was that? Nit game up there like?
1: Nah, it was loud because you know they was hooping. They was hitting some shots. So. A crowd was in it. And
2: well, and then Caleb had a one-on-one with somebody at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he
1: was. Yeah, you saw that on the uh, TV. Yeah. yeah, but they were real loud. Um, you know, it was it was a jam-packed gym. You know, not that big, so the sound couldn't go nowhere but on the court. So we heard everything, and you know they were real high, energetic. So, but it, it all feels the same, honestly. You know, when it's loud, and the only different one was, was Allen Fieldhouse. That that they got their own category uh-huh. to me, but you know. Most of the crowd noise—it feels the same. Like you can feel it in your in your bones and chest start beating. And, uh, but it's kind of what you play for, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beating it is. That. Yeah, it's a, it's a great thing to experience. You know, not a lot of people get the chance to experience that, uh, especially while playing. You know, so it, it's something that that I'm forever grateful for, just to be able to say, yeah, I went through that whole little process. What
2: was what was Coach Boynton's? What was the staff's message to you guys? Your your first team out. Not trying to take this negative here, but right. first team out first team in in the NIT. However you want to look at that. Of the hey, we still got to play. Like, you know, the ultimate goal every team division 1 is NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But we've got we got to go play and hey, cool, we're the one seed, but we got to go on the road. I mean, it it was almost one of those the dominoes couldn't fall worse in about a 24-hour period. What what was their message? How do they get everybody back together and say, "Hey, we're going up to a crazy environment. We got to play. We got to play right."
1: Yeah, so we just we just sat down and reflected on the season, and he told us, "Yeah, he he feels bad that we were the first team out, but we had a lot to do with our our uh, like the, our outcome, and we realized that as a team. So when he said, said, 'Y'all want to do something about it? Go, let's go play this NIT.' We had to get back riled up and try and get our mind back right to 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 try and prove why we felt like we should have been in the tournament, and ultimately it didn't play out the way we wanted it to. But that was their message of getting us back in in the right shape of mind to go and keep playing for something because you know he said it's always good to keep playing for something it was Mm -hmm. a time we were playing where no other team was playing you know a lot of people had been eliminated at that point before we played North Texas Uh, so just he was just saying it's always good to have the opportunity to chase a championship no matter what it is Mm -hmm. and we all tried to take that mindset and just get back pedal to the metal and Trying to figure out how he was going to win the NIT.
0: Easier said than done, obviously. But you know, when when you lose Avery, when you did, you know, there's a, a bit of a cold stretch. You know, Texas in the Big Twelve tournament wasn't a, a very good shooting night. Plus, you combine that with missing out on the NCAA tournament, going to the NIT. How how hard is it to lock in? Knowing like, hey, listen, we're we're not where we want to be, but we're we are that number one seed. If we want, you know, if we want to, we can go up and we can beat this team. We can beat this team. We can beat this team. And, and you're going to run into a hot team like North Texas, but with with the shooting woes down the stretch, how hard was it to really lock in and say, you know what, we are still playing basketball because couldn't have been easy.
1: Yeah, it was hard because that Texas game. You know, we went into that game saying like, we win this one, we will definitely be in a tournament. And you know how the outcome played out, we were just like, oh man. Now we worry, we might not make it, and then we go sit on selection Sunday, and then we see first team out, and everybody's just down like man, like I don't know what to you know it was it was a I don't know mentality, so yeah it was real tough, you know, just trying to get back in back in uh mental shape to to lock in for the n i t and and I honestly believe uh us not making it in that little stress where we were just like kind of checked out because we didn't make it really hurt us in the tournament the n i t tournament uh but you know, once we started playing, started and got those two wins, you know, we started get back, get back into it. But it was, it was never the same. Uh, it, it wasn't never the same once we didn't get picked on Selection Sunday.
0: You know, you talk, you talk negativity on social media and how you guys avoid that. I, I think most of the fans and and the media, you know, I've been guilty of it too. You kind of circle two games, right? Say, okay, well, if you they had beaten Southern Illinois at home and you know if they hadn't lost to you know Team X or Team B or whatever it might be they'd be in the NCAA tournament what moments would like was it Southern Illinois or could you look at say okay well if we hadn't have given up you know if we like held on and, and beat Baylor or Kansas State mm-hmm. late in the season or like it was it those moments or are there other moments where you can look and say well yeah those were unfortunate but it, it wasn't you know we, we there were other things that you know, and
1: it, it was all spread out. Yeah, i say it was all three of those things. One, we shouldn't have lost to, the, you know, Southern Illinois. Uh, we were up big in the first half. That's through, during the time we were beating teams, like, by 20 points, and then we would lose the lead. So, shouldn't have lost to them. Shouldn't have lost to UCF and Bahamas. It was the same story. Um, a lot of Big 12 games uh, that was, you know, came down to the wire that we could have won. And if we do win those, then, yeah, the committee has nothing to say nothing to say to us. But, you know, get in the tournament. So, and we knew that, and that's just the reality of it. You know, it was certain games that we let slip away, and there's nobody to blame but ourselves for those situations.
0: And then how important are those, for at least for you, for coming back and saying, you know what, look at how good we were. Look at the talent that we could have coming back. We're not going to let this happen. We're not going to let this happen, and we're going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah,
1: it's, it's real important because now you know how you lose. You know, you see what caused you to lose those type of games and the impact those games winning or winning those games would have had on your season. You don't you don't want to leave nothing. Cause Mike would tell us all the time, you don't want to leave nothing in nobody else's hands mm-hmm. but your own, and that's what we did. So just seeing what those type of games look like, you know, I'll be more prepared. You know, my teammates will be more prepared to you know be able to win those games and, and figure out a way to to get those uh, games and and our, our win. Have,
2: have you seen much on the recruiting class coming in? Have you seen Brandon Garrison? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I yeah, seen you know, all, all of them. Boys, yeah, yeah. What he, do you, what nice. are you
1: excited about? I like him cuz when I watched him in the summer like I was just seeing how he was passing out the post. Like he he a good passer and he can run the floor, he's a big body, you know, he he plays, you know, he plays with a swag, you know that I like and I think uh that would be good for us. I haven't I haven't seen Keller play in person or Justin. I've saw uh, I seen Connor play. I like Connor, he's a shooter. Cool dude. Got good size. Um, I have not seen Eric Derry Daily play, but I hear he's a real good player. Uh, I'm I'm excited to get all five of those guys here and you know, working with them and you know helping around. Them for the big. 12.
2: So, what becomes your role next year? Are you the leader? I mean, one of the leaders. I know there's a couple of veterans that are going to be back, but I mean, are you one of the leaders that is going to focus on focus on? Hey, how can my game get a whole lot better? Or are you also focused on growing these young kids? And we need all because in basketball, what you only got 12 that play probably every night. Mm-hmm. We need all 12.
1: Yeah. So, like, right now in the spring semester, like, I'm 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 focusing on myself, getting myself ready, because if I'm not ready, I can't prepare nobody else. But when once those guys get here, you know, I'll do my best taking them under my wing, and uh, especially the gar- guards like Keller, uh, just showing them what to expect, you know, just getting them ready. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's a role of everybody, you know, who's been here previously to prepare the next, because they're the future of the program, and you know, you don't want to leave them out hanging. And that's what we try to do with Keon. Keon, you know, Keon got put right to the fire, and he was the only freshman, but now it's five of them. So they'll have each other, you know, to depend on, you know, when it get hard and just talk it up with. But, you know, I, I think our job will be to take them on our wing, especially me being a, a grad student next year, to just make sure they're prepared for what the Big 12 looks like. What's your What's going to be your grad classes look like? I don't know yet. I ain't picked them. I got to pick them uh, either. I'll probably pick them on Monday, Monday or Tuesday.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so – Last one for me, 51. It's an odd number in, in basketball. Why 51? Are you going to stick with that or change it? Or are you going to do another number? What?
1: Why 51 this year? Yeah, I, I'll probably stick with it. Um, I wanted a number that would stand out, something that I didn't see before. So when I got here, I wanted 50. But that's before I knew about big country. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of spoken for. Yeah, yeah, it's spoken for. So I'm like, okay, I wanted 50. I wore number one. I'm just adding them together. There you go. I'm 51. <laughs> And I thought about it. I talked to my brother about it. He was like, "Bro, I ain't never seen nobody wear fifty one, but I think it'd be tough, you know." So I'm like, Shoot, "I'll just be different with it." Anywhere,
2: we... anywhere you go in town and you see fifty one, there's only one. It's only one fifty one. Probably <laughs> not the backup center. Nah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna be that. Uh-uh. What
0: What is John Michael like off the court when he's when he's not playing basketball? Like, what do you do? What do you, like favorite foods? Favorite TV shows? Like, what do you what What do you like off the court?
1: I'm, I'm a pretty low base guy. Um, you know, I, I like people. I like being around people. I like I'm a family guy. I like to chill. Uh chill out with my brother and my friends, just go out to eat. Um, you know, I like to hang out. favorite food, I'd probably say shrimp.
0: I'm a big probably hard guy. to get shrimp here in Stillwater. Yeah
1: it is. You gotta go to Walmart and I be cooking it. You know, I I'm a little mini chef, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I like cooking too. But you know, I, I like I like where it's live and where it's people and, being able to interact with other students, you know, I, I'm that I'm that type of guy. So who has better barbecue, North Carolina or Oklahoma? You know, I, I got to stick with the home state, man. Oklahoma. Oh, so Oklahoma, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't go against my state, yeah,
2: but I, I like the Oklahoma food. Though. Do you make the sauces from back home? Do you make them out here for the guys? And <laughs> what do what any they, of
0: that? What are those differences? Because between like North Carolina and and Oklahoma cuisine, and obviously, I would imagine there's probably not as much butter. That's used out in North Carolina, unless yeah. you're talking shrimp. But you know what? What are the what are some of the big differences that you saw right
1: off the bat? Uh, it it would just be the seafood part. You know, North Carolina is it's a lot of beaches around, so it's easy to get like a seafood platter. Not a lot but, of catfish. Yeah, nah, nah, nah <laughs> I got it. Nah. But here, you know, I don't know if it's because we're in Stillwater or, but I don't really see too many like seafood places. It's because we're in
0: Stillwater. Like okay. if you went down to Tulsa or Oklahoma City, there's I mean, not that you're going to get super fresh right out of the water seafood, but yeah. there are there. Are places in the cities
1: yeah so like i miss doing that like going to the beach going to the uh, to a fish house or you know being able to get a fish that they just caught you know what i'm saying they just skint it, and now you go you can eat it right there so yeah. i would say that's the biggest difference but as far as like the burgers and all that other stuff it all tastes the same where's the where's the place to go i go to the garage i like the garage
0: yeah, yeah. it was close too mm-hmm. close
2: and good so yeah so when when you're after next year Done, move on. In in ten years you come back to still what's what's one place you're hoping to go? I mean hopefully garage is still there. But what's what's something you're hoping to come back to Stillwater, see, do? I mean, to see what the arena looks like then, you know, with all the new improvements yeah, the new to planes. the Athletic Village. What is it in, in when you come back in the future you're hoping to come back here and do again?
1: Yeah, I, I'm excited to see how that that new facility is gonna look. You know, just the whole three hundred and twenty five million out of plan they got I don't wanna see it all. I'm I like I like architecture so like I like seeing new things being built. Um so I want to see what that looks like. Uh, oh and I want to see the banner up up there when we win the Big 12 next year, you know what I'm saying? I want to come there back here to see something like that.
2: See the see the banner that says 23
1: 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So just things like that 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 would keep you memorable in the in the city of Stillwater just having a place at OSU. Um but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And I I like to go back to outlaw, so I like outlaw. Yeah, yeah, outlaw's good play. Uh,
0: obviously, last thing for me. Obviously, the the goal is professional basketball. It, I would imagine at the the pinnacle is the NBA. But I would imagine you get this far any level of professional basketball. So how how difficult was it to say, I still have room to grow. I still have stuff to improve upon, and not go play professional. And then obviously next year, you know, what are what are the plans after
1: basketball? Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't that difficult because I'm I'm the type of guy that likes perfection, you know. Yeah, I, I think 20 I twenty swishes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, twenty swishes. I think I would have had an opportunity to play somewhere if I would have left this year, because uh, the coaches that you know they gave me opportunity, you know, so I was able to showcase myself a lot on the court. But you know, I I feel like I have a lot to improve, and I missed out on a lot of stuff here. And I'm, I'm I'm the type of guy that wants to finish something, finish where he starts before he moves on to the next, and finish on a good note, not just finish, you know. So that that was that that's what made it easier. Just knowing how we ended off here, and I was like, Nah, I, I can't go out like that. Like that's not how I want to be remembered at Stillwater. So uh, that that made the decision easy.
0: And then what are what are the plans after basketball? What are you? Because I know that you would talk to TD about you know one to get into broadcasting or one mm-hmm. to take that. Is that you know is that what you want to do? Like what are what are some of the plans there?
1: That's something I, I could do. I know I want to do something that affects the youth. You know, I I, I love just being able to impact kids. Cause they're the future of the nation, they're the future of the world, and um, just being able to have a good imprint on them to help them, you know, growing up and be successful in life is something that I I take pride in, and and I'm p- pretty passionate about. Uh, I go to you know the Renaissance School with uh, the kids every once a week, and I go talk to them, hang out with them, and just hearing the young minds what they say and the things they want to do is just stuff like that is you know taken a taken for granted. You know, nowadays, and I know I want to do something that will help, like the less fortunate kids that don't have as much opportunity as others to be able to showcase themselves and express themselves in a good way.
0: John Michael Wright, thank you so much for joining us as always, and uh, we'll we'll see if we can't try to get you on towards the end of the summer and uh, see where the the improvements are made and what those
1: freshmen look like. And
2: yeah, we want to hear about how their pickup game skills are.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I'm I'm gonna say everything. You know, what I'm saying I <laughs> could probably walk in and see them in the gym. You know, yeah, at time. absolutely. Well, No, thank you very much. Thank you all for having me. That's going to do it for the Pokesport Podcast. We'll
0: talk to you next time here on pokesreport.com.